Hello and welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Dublin firm All Human, previously known as Strata Tree, is behind a digital experience of many of Ireland's biggest brands, including On Puss, Discover Ireland, Let's Get Checked, Energia, Irish Rail, as well as Bank of Ireland. We talked to All Human CEO John Mitchell about how most digital transformation strategies are doomed to failure because they don't focus enough on what consumers actually want. I've met you, John, many years ago uh, when you were uh, when Strata Tree was uh, flying along and You've recently rebranded Stratatree as All Human. Can you tell me why uh, you've rebranded as All Human? What does All Human mean and, and, and what, 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 what direction are you following in terms of uh, where Stratatree formerly, uh, Stratatree is now All Human is going? Thank you, John, and um, lovely to meet you again. It's been, uh, we've been, I suppose, interacting with each other over many years. I suppose we're, we could regard ourselves as stalwarts at this stage, but um, I'm still hugely excited about the industry that we're in. Uh, I think it's still very fresh. There's, there's obviously some challenges with it. But to answer your question as expressly as I can, yeah, what, what we looked at uh, our brand name and some people used to kind of make light of it to say that it was a it was a pure, um, you know, kind of .com 1.0 name, Strata 3, what did it mean? Um you know, we as an organization have been changing for, for a number of years. We've been really leaning into um, performance and analysis, mm. what real users wanted. And I suppose the whole culture of the company had shifted, John, over the last number of years. So we just felt like, uh, firstly, we wanted to kind of inform a more a more higher order, valuable relationship with our clients. And I suppose in many ways, our industry is accused of a lot of jargon and, um, you know, um, I suppose, tech, tech, techno speak. Um, and, and where we were leaning into was to form relationships where we could speak in really plain business language and also articulate what real humans wanted. Um, and also over the last number of years, we felt like that our brand wasn't really evoking who we really were. Um, so we just started looking at our strategy at the start of lockdown. It was kind of a window of self-analysis. It was a kind of little bit of self self-review and navel-gazing. And uh, we, we really only started out with the intention of, of how do we articulate new position statements in market and all that good stuff. And maybe we've been busy bees and, and, and quite uh, introverted in terms of our external expression. Um, but also there was just, there was a real white hot energy in, in, in the team as well. Lots of, you know, a real mix of people from overseas and a, a mix of just diversity in terms of age profile. And there was lots of stuff bubbling up in, in Strata 3. And we just felt that the name really didn't really evoke who we had become as, as, as an agency or as a group of people over a number of years. So we just recognized that that, that outward expression no longer represented who we were as a brand. And mm. so that, that was the starting place. Uh, and very quickly, we realized that we didn't really want to be associated with, with with a brand that just didn't really evoke anything meaning. Uh, I mean, I'm sometimes a good advocate of literalism, but Strata 3 was always, and it's, by the way, it was a name I inherited. Um, you know, I didn't create it. It always sounded like a PVC window manufacturer from the 1990s. <laughs> um, uh, it was definitely one, it spoke to that techie sensibility. And, mm. and that's not us anymore. So yeah, we, yeah. we, we went through a very, very, Rewarding process with a company called Zero G, um, operating at an international level. Um, they're, they're, they take that sort of, uh, dare I say, a, a cerebral view of what a brand means. Um, they don't just work on identity or, or names. That comes after. It's very much what is the essence of, of an organization. And from that, All Human was born. And when did Strategy as first begin? I mean, because in my mind, I always thought of Strategy as 
as one of a coterie of web design firms that would have emerged in the late 90s, early noughties. And when I think of web today, um, I think it's a bit more evolved now. It isn't just like putting up a shiny new website. There's a lot of layers to it now. Tell, tell us about the, the strategy story that kind of brought you to being all human. Yeah, I mean, it began in 1999, which is, you know, a long, long time ago. And, you know, it was ostensibly a web shop um, and, and was for the guts of the first 15 years of its existence. Uh, I, I'm not a founder. I, I bought into the business when I returned from the U.S. Um, and uh, it was it was trading at a very modest level at that stage. Um, but, yeah, to answer your question again, clearly, um, it was designing and building websites. Um, mm. And, you know, um, you know, over the course of the first 15 years, that's what it did. Um, and, you know, you're bang on, you know, that what what our industry is now is is not that kind of just that thing. It's 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 a digital experience and, and digital experience can be many, many different things. It can be mm. everything from app to web to offline, online. It's very blurred. It's, you know, it's, it's a very difficult thing to put your finger on now. Mm. Um, and that's what that's what contemporary um, customers and users and real people want to do. They want to feel like it's an experience, not a a funnel or a flow or a shop out or a checkout flow. They're they're part of it still, but they're 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 components of an overall experience. So, yeah, you know, as that evolved and got a little bit more sophisticated, you know, the organization had to kind of get a bit more sophisticated and. You know, a lot of that kind of bubbled bubbled up from within. Um, in many ways, you know, we're we're a bit like Henry Fonda in Twelve Angry Men, ra- raging against our clients to kind of step up and explore and do new things. Uh, and sometimes agencies are kind of ahead of the game. Sometimes they're behind the game. But you know, certainly the last five years and the evolution to to, to becoming all human was born within. Uh, it was born within a desire within most of our team to be really progressive. Uh, and also a lot of frustration, John, you know, in the sense that we we traditionally, you know, the company in its first 75% of its time would have been brief takers. Um, and, and, you know, you know, go build us a website was, was generally the brief um, mm. by this time and by this by this point in time and for this budget, you know, um, that's not what we are uh, anymore. Uh, we're, we're what we call ourselves brief shapers, <laughs> if anything, you know, and where we're leaning into now is very... Um, very commercial, very, very much around growth, digital channel. Mm. Um, we're, we're talking, uh, and it's not in any sense of arrogance, we're, we're really operating at a kind of sea level. Um, we're having mature, sophisticated conversations with organizations who aren't starting uh, from scratch. They've already uh, invested in digital, um, but they're not seeing the returns. They're not seeing the retention of, of mm. customers. They're worried about what the future looks like. Uh, they're asking, and some of them aren't asking, but some of them are asking existential questions. Of, what, what, what will my brand look like in three years mm. out? Uh, particularly in e-commerce context, and I know you and I have shared some views on this before. You know, the great the great conflation that is some of the e-commerce behemoths such as Amazon and so forth. You know, um, you know, particularly in that mix, the commoditization of a lot of products, mm. be it services or insurance or utility or travel or etc you know it's very very hard for brands to differentiate um and so so in that whole milieu of you know considerations we're we're having very very pointed conversations um with 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 organizations at an international level increasingly which is really exciting for us um and domestically 
And um, we're getting into kind of hard, those hard questions. And, and, and what we're being tasked with is what do we do? Mm. How do we grow channels? How do we understand what real users want? Um, how do we navigate that? How do we avoid guesswork? Um, we're spending lots of money on creating traffic to digital channels, but we're not really, we call, we call that the leaky bucket. Um, lots of footfall outside the shop, but mm. they're not taking the stuff off the shelves and they're not putting it in the baskets and checking out. Uh, so that's on the conversion side. So I, I know that's a kind of a long-winded answer, but a lot of those questions are very resonant of organizations that are, are thinking. Um, mm. Other organizations are asleep at the wheel, by the way. Um, and, and it's quite shocking and I'm not trying to be alarmist here. It's quite shocking, uh, and I, you know, I'll, I'll anonymize this. Uh, some of the organisations that claim to be digitally sophisticated, um, but are wasting lots of money, uh, mm. assumptions over user and customer and shopper intent and uh, desire that are just wrong, absolutely wrong. And some of that's down to uh, a lack of digital nous and experience at senior senior level. And some of that's down to just general assumptions over what buyer intent. And all of that is leading organizations to, to they're gonna, some of them are gonna be outgunned. There's a great reckoning coming, we feel, in a couple of years. Um, um, so, you know, we're positioning ourselves in that, in that mix. I was, I was thinking the, the clue might be in the name. And, and the reason why I say it is that when I used to think, going back to the early days of building websites, once upon a time, people had to master HTML. Then suddenly it, social media came along and they had to master that and SEO and all these different things. There's so many layers to to the digital journey. And today people talk about digital transformation. Don't, don't use the word digital transformation. When we hear the word digital <laughs> transformation, we, 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 we yawn. Um, yeah, yeah. That's glacial, that's slow, that's expensive, it's ponderous. That's what we, we colloquially, and I'm trying to be controversial, we call that consultancy cholesterol. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> What what we what we what we feel is and what where we're leaning into in all human is is those organizations that are already switched on. They're already they're already committed, they're already mm. they've already invested in digital teams and digital go-to-market strategies, digital marketing. And um, they've already transformed. Now they need to grow. Now they need to grow, exist, and prosper. Um, so that so that's digital transformation is is, is still needed in certain organizations that are that, that haven't cracked that. Um, um, some organizations don't want to crack that because they're concerned about this intermediation of offline processes or income streams or mm. channels to market or uh, uh, wholesale partners or distributor partners. So to, I understand that. And there's, there's, there's real sa- you know, salient business reasons for not investing in digital wholesale. But mm. uh, for us... Um, it's very much mature organization that we're that we're working with. But no, it's just I was saying there that when you say uh, you think of all those big big terms and other terms like your customer success and, and other things, and it kind of boils down to the one as you mentioned there also the leaky bucket. It boils down to basically how do you get customers? Crucially, then how do you keep them? And I think what's missing in all this because it's a matter how digital you become and how much technology you throw at the wall and see what sticks. You know, what you really want is that that old good old instinct of the old salespeople who knew how to kind of let someone leave a shop with a smile on their face and looking forward to coming back. You know what I mean? That's what it all boils down to. And I think no matter how many layers of technology or apps you create or whatever, how do you create that kind of glue? And and I, I always thought things like new terms that have come up in the last few years, um, you know, 
as I said, customer success, uh, experience, all the, all those different uh, terms that kind of people have described lately. But it comes down to that. How do you get customers to come back? Well, I think one the starting place to answer that question is is to ask them. Um, firstly, um, and you know, therein lies the kind of the holy trinity of all humans. There's three kind of important humans in in, in our organisation. It's, it's it's the real people in real world who interact and buy those products. And we'll answer your question in a second. The other, the second party is our clients who are also real humans with challenges and business goals, and then our own staff or or, or you know, our human people as well. And you know, but. In order to to really find those nuanced, um, I suppose, hooks and uh, to make a product or a service compelling for loyalty and retention and for uh, for people like you and I to want to come back, you know, sometimes it's really simple things. It's mm. sometimes it's a really, really clean process. It's not complicated. Sometimes it's about a little bit of after-sale care. Uh, sometimes it's about not spamming them. It's just really, sometimes it's really nuanced, simple things. Uh, sometimes it's not just about price. Um, and, you know, time people people are time poor. So if the process is really um, rich and on mark and complementary to what they want, you know, that really is where you build loyalty and retention. Um, it's kind of through the service proposition as much as anything else. Uh, and also, um you know, to, to, to allow, I suppose, a multi-channel approach to, to, to interaction with the product. So, you know, we talk nowadays about this kind of blended world where it's very hard to tell between the real and the offline and the online, uh, rather. And in many ways, the really successful brands that are starting to kind of crack this and, and you know, to build that loyalty and, and to think out the future is, is that everything they do feels the same. Uh, in store, in branch, online, it just feels the same. And it's, there's no cognitive dissonance. It just all feels really tight. Uh, and that's a, that's a kind of an abstract thing to say, but, you know, they're the ones who are building the loyalty. It's, it, mm. it's not a silver bullet, John. It's it, it's kind of, it's a percentage game. It's lots of little corrective things. Um, and the way to really isolate those corrective things to do is to ask the real users, to get into real customer insights, to ask them, what do they want? Um and I talked, I touched on this earlier on about a lot of organizations, you know, and again, I say this not to be alarmist, uh, we're, we're shocked at what they constitute a, a persona profile or a, a user description, you know, uh, they're very vanilla. They're, mm. they're, they're all that stressed 30 something or that 20 something looking for, you know, X, you know, the attributes and the, there's nothing nuanced. There's nothing proprietary. They're all vanilla and meh. Mm. And that's the kind of thing. I mean, like when you think about it, uh, we're also entering this world where you have uh, Facebook talking about meta and we're talking about a world where, you know, we'll, we'll soon be all communicating via virtual reality. And my first instinct as a realist on this one is, how many blower data centers are going to have to build and how many chips will be needed to make all that processing power happen? And then who's going to design up all of this stuff and make it really cool and cinematic, for example? Um, you know, it's almost like uh, we're trying to solve problems of the future before we've actually dealt with the present. You know, they're, they're, they're throwing ideas into the future, our ideas, and it's great to have a vision, of course, but you need to, there's still a lot of businesses, for example, that, haven't even cracked into the Facebook universe, for example, how to sell through that or, you know, Google, you know, how to deal with Google and how to be effective on Google. You know, all of these things, you know, are not solved yet by ordinary businesses. 
You're right, and there's organisations that have a lot to learn still, and uh, there's other organisations that have touched on who are who think they're doing everything correctly, but they're not still. Mm. Uh, and you know, things like Meta is, you know, it's future view, and it's you know, that, it's look in many ways it's easy to be cynical about that. On one level, uh, it's good to project out to see what it could look like. Uh, I hear you on on the on the data center horsepower. You know, behind data centers is a very dirty industry, and. But, you know, and, and it's going to require massive engineering and production design capability to produce this. And skills, lots of skills we haven't even, haven't even been created yet. <laughs> if we even want that, you know, yeah. and maybe it might be a cultural, a cultural backlash against everything digital. And in many ways, you know, what, what we in All Human, and I'm sorry to kind of get back to the kind of the, to us a bit on this is, is to really understand the back to the user. I know it sounds like a bit of a truism and, uh, you know, an obvious thing to say, but um, when you go and ask shoppers or users or buyers what they really want from a digital service, mm. it's just remarkable what you learn. It, you know, and what we've done in, in our organization, what we're really, what we're really excited about is that we've really kind of simplified it down into kind of two sort of kind of almost kind of cultural sets of methods we, we, we've kind of combined what we've been doing for the last five years so we, we have this process called digital performance where we we look at analytics and we do user testing and we run experiments and we fine-tune and optimize you know e-commerce flows and shop out baskets and onboarding engines and callback facilities all that good stuff that you need to do so we make the we make the challenge really streamlined right so we've been doing that for a long time so we're kind of running these micro experiments and that 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 takes time right and, and, and what we stumbled across was a real gap in that research space. So what we've grown the team now into is, is a combination of that's kind of classical market research techniques of core research, primary research, interviews, surveys, um, and segmentation of customers. And within by combining the two together, you kind of get greater than some of its parts. You get this ability to get little edge cases and insights. Oh, that's interesting. That older cohort of, of uh, that customer segmentation of an older profile, we, we, so, some of our clients have assumed that they're non-digitally uh, savvy enough to, to invest in, but actually the value or the lifetime value of that customer is significant mm. in terms of onboarding. So what we do, John, is we use this framework called, we call it people power performance, just to be kind of revolutionary about it. Um, but it's a combination of old-fashioned marketing research combined with analytics and customer testing. That's allowing us to have really focused conversations um, within 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 boardrooms as to what the future looks like. And in terms of the future of all human, uh, like the interesting thing is the name uh, strikes me as uh, a positioning of your company for the future from the point of view of obviously its brand, but obviously your intention as a company. Uh, Stratatria, I always thought, was very much a company based in Ireland. Um, you mentioned in, in your in conversation earlier on that dealing with larger companies, more international companies, um, is the new branding and the direction of the company focused on scaling up and maybe a more international type of business? It is, John, to be honest. And what we wanted to do was to work with really exciting brands, not just for the Badge, but because we felt that that's where we would learn ourselves, um, and 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 all human is is definitely there's definitely purpose to it and intent in that way. Um, you know, we've been very successful. We've grown uh, in in the island of Ireland. We're a very proud Irish company. Uh, it is a relatively small market, um, 
And what we're what we're doing and what 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 the name evokes is 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 to become a very different type of agency. You know, I touched on this a bit, not being brief takers or brief shit, you know. Like we're very, what we want to do is be very cautious and methodical in our research and our proposition and product development. Uh, and why is that? Because the conversations we're having are with really serious brands, with really serious people, um, you know, where things like reputational risk and investment are significant. And mm. uh, so in that context, it's non-trivial. It, you know, it, this is a serious play. So all humans model is about helping large brands navigate growth through their digital channels in the future, but also navigate how their brands are going to exist in two, three years out. Mm. So they're big, that's big gearing. Um, and, and what we're finding is that by, by, by taking that approach and actually we're, you know, we're kind of straight shooters as well. We operate and we've, we're speaking in really simple, straight, sure-footed business language. Um, and, and the results we're, we're getting kind of speak for themselves on that. So yeah, when we talk about all human, it is, there's definitely purpose and intent to work with progressive expansionary brands that want to navigate digital for the long term. Um, we're not just about just doing a website. That's not us. It's, it's come a long way when you think about it. I mean, once upon a time, we're talking about mobile commerce and uh, B2B uh, exchanges. And uh, now it's really at a point where it's it's the glue that holds an organization together and like even if you go into a supermarket like Marks and Spencer's or something or, or, or Dunn stores the app is part of that continuum it's a, it's, a, it's a physical process but also you check out you get points whatever you use that to get a discount or whatever it's all part of that glue the digital glue that keeps it all together and, and that's the thing I mean it, it's really about the marriage as well of high street with the digital world we live in. And, you know, I, I watch my wife sometimes. She goes, oh, I just got some coupons from Super Value or I got some coupons from Mark Spencer. We go in there and get the, the deal that's going this weekend. It encourages you to come in. And, and I think there's a lot of thought work in that. Yeah, and I think that's where, I suppose, our, our research has helps us to to try and uh, navigate that, John. So that that use case your, your wife describes is, is very, very common to the conversation we're having. So particularly in e-commerce, particularly in retail, particularly in FMCG, Trying to find, uh, just trying to tune the the customer experience so that it feels very natural, hmm. and it doesn't feel creepy, <laughs> you know, and it's not invasive. That it, it 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 amplifies and it creates the experience to be richer in a kind of a consensual way, right? It's uh, really yeah. important, and 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 tuning it and being very sure footed that is really really important. It may seem. Uh, you know, a sidebar thing to say, but it, that's where you get the traction. That's where you build the loyalty. It's like, okay, I, I feel enriched by this. So, you know, and, and I'm sure there's examples of, of of digital interactions where you've not had that experience. The trick is to try and get to, to a place where it feels that way, whether it's in fashion purchasing cycle or it's in food retail or whether it's in booking mm-hmm. a holiday, you know, that you feel like I am in charge. I, the consumer or the user, are are, are controlling this. Mm. And when I ask for something, it comes back in a really positive way. That's how brands will, will exist in the future. And if they don't, they're going to get disintermediated. Well, with that, uh, John Mitchell, absolutely wonderful to talk to you. It's great to draw a line between 99 and uh, 2022 and, and see where your companies come. And, and, and I wish all human all the best. Thank you very much for your time. Likewise, John. And I really respect your contribution to our industry over that, over that period as well. So great to talk to you. Appreciate the time. <laughs>